Dragnet. The Jack Benny program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about eight minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater Program 416 in the series. It is Sunday, August 25th, 2019. To my right is the vivacious one herself, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. What's up? Ben Anderson is our producer tonight. Yay, it's a big night. What's up, guys? We love having you here. Thank you for coming here. here. Yeah. Ah, you know what? What? It's Lucille Ball night. Oh, it sure is. Yeah. Are we going to have a ball with Lucille Ball? We are going to have a ball (laughs) with Lucille Ball. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Uh, This first show on Suspense is called Dime a Dance. It's a good mystery. You're going to hear her acting chops on that show and then her radio series my favorite husband which uh sort of became i love lucy yeah Yeah. you guessed it and she's going to be selling dresses she's selling dresses on there just a little bit like her you're going to have like a 180 degree difference in her style because she's going to be this kind of a you know kind of creepy radio show and then she's in her comedy element. Yep, the mark of a of a true actress. Yeah, so a lot of fun. Lucille Ball Night. Who is the celebrity for Cat's Pride? Is it real or is it ridiculous? Ray Romano. Everybody oh, yeah. loves Ray. Mint. Love him. Okay, what do they <laughs> and win? And we are going to be giving away our favorite pizza, Alumel Naughty's gift certificate. Oh, did you have to say pizza? I'm hungry. I'm sorry. I had no dinner tonight. Didn't you? No. Well, I'm you'll make starving. up for it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go through the refrigerator here at WGN? I checked already. There's nothing There's there. There's nothing? Nothing. Nothing? Nope. Oh, man. No, I have some popcorn, but you never like that. Yeah, I'll have some popcorn. Okay, I'm that you. hungry. I'll eat popcorn. Okay, okay. All right, what caller? We're going to go with caller number two. Call right now at 312-981-7200, and we will be right back. Come on, baby. It's not good with names. I didn't notice that. I'm not good with names. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Whenever they give me names, I start to sweat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you never let them see you sweat, Carl. That's what they uh, say. I have a feeling you can say Kathy. Can you get that? One I can, Kathy. All I can right, say we've yes. got Kathy on the phone. Hey, Kathy. Hi. How are you? Hi, Kathy. Hey. Terrific. We're going to play a little real or ridiculous yeah. with Ray Romano. All right. Well, we're not going to play with. I got him. He's seven out of nine <laughs> yesterday, Kathy. So I'm doing pretty good here. All right. Oh, so you're really good. I'm a good lifeline. <laughs> All right. We'll see how that goes for you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Every time he says that, he starts messing up because he I gets know. a little too overconfident. She's very sneaky, though. That's right. I am number one. He competed in the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Real or ridiculous? Um, I'm going to say real. I agree, real. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, see how sneaky she is? I just made it up. Yep, just out of really? my brain. Yeah, but how, yeah. Do you know? how do you know he didn't do it? Because he didn't. No, he might have. He did not. So I think that's like... You're wrong. No. <laughs> Carl. Uh, I think that he might have. <laughs> he might have, but he Don't didn't. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? <laughs> Kathy, Kathy agrees. He might have done that. 
Right? Yeah. Well, if you can think he would do. If yeah. you can prove that, then right. I'm on board. I'm call okay. Him up. You should give him a call. Number two, he wrote a nonfiction book called I Gave You Everything about his life and family. Real or ridiculous? Um that's a tough one. I'm gonna say real. I'm going to say ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Ooh. Ooh. He did write a book, but that was definitely not so, the title. This is for you, Kathy. Sorry. But I thought it would be a nice title. This I gave you my... everything like about his family. Like That would make sense. She's, she is so I knew that he did write a book, though, but he I just did. did not know what, it, what the title well, was. Well, the title was Everything in a Kite. Mm. So now, uh-huh. now you now you know. All right. Okay. Number three. Sneaky. When everybody loves Raymond ended in two thousand five, he was the highest paid actor in TV history, earning one point seven million per episode. Um. What do you think, Carl? You want to help her out? I say ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say real. You're gonna agree, or you're gonna no, say real? I'm gonna say it's real. It's real. Wow. That is absolutely oh. real. Man. Wow. Well, that was pretty good, Carl. And this you know what? <laughs> Don't listen to his theme song nah. because you're the winner, Kathy. Got two you, out of three. You did get two out of three. He's so proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kathy, you have won the Lou Malnati's gift certificate. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's very best deep dish pizza and our favorite here on the WGN Radio Theater. You can find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at com. Congratulations. You Way got a go, great Kathy. pizza. Enjoy Thank that pizza. You. Thank, Thank you, so Kathy. Much. All right. You know, my one member of my fan club is very proud of me right now. That's your I got mom. two out of three. Right. Yeah, my mom. She's my number one fan. Well, you know, I feel like that's almost like 50-50. You know what I'm saying? What? Well, because you have a 50-50 chance of each one <laughs> getting it right, and you got two out of three, which is 66%. Oh, Correct. listen, to, listen oh, Carl, to the math major Carl, over here. Yeah, yeah, Let me get right. out my abacus. Yeah, that's really high your math I've got going here. All right. Well, All right. are you ready you did a for good job. suspenders? I'm ready for Lucille Ball Man, in suspenders. I'll tell you what, Suspense was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, radio series of the golden age of radio. All the big movie stars wanted to appear on Suspense. You know why? Because it had the greatest writing. It had the best. It had the absolute best directors. It had a full orchestra. I mean, it was like the show to be on. Kind of like our show. This is the show everybody wants to be on. Exactly. Absolutely. And so this episode of Suspense is uh, going way back to 1944, January 13th to be exact. And it's called Dime a Dance. And Lucille Ball stars in this. Here is part one now of a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Roma Wines present Suspense. Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud! Your health, senor. Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the man in black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. 
Tonight in Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you the MGM star, Miss Lucille Ball. The suspense play which stars Miss Ball, which is produced and directed by William Spear, is called Dime a Dance. It deals, as you will presently know, with Broadway life and sudden death, both set to music. And so with Dime a Dance and with the performance of Lucille Ball as a red-haired young lady named Ginger Allen, Roma Wines again hope to keep you in... Suspense. Have you ever danced with a murder? Doesn't cost any more for the extra thrill. It's only a dime. How could I do it, you say? I had to, to save my own life. I'm a taxi dancer from the Joyland Palace. One of the places just off Broadway in the 40s, you know the kind of place. Second-rate dance bands like Frankie Froman's 15 Frolickers... I was late to work that night. I ran down Broadway, scrambling through the crowd to the entrance of the Joyland. Fifty beautiful girls upstairs, boys. Come in and count them yourself. No admission. Ten cents to dance. Come in, we're just getting started. The music is the very... Hello, Max. Hey, uh, Ginger. You better step on him. Marina's looking for you. You're late. He's burning. I know. Does Julie come in yet? Not yet. Fifty beautiful girls waiting to dance. We just step Good evening. So you finally decided to come, did you? Hiya, Marino. Sorry, I'm late. Yeah, you ought to be. So did Julie. All the cash customers are waiting. I sent out the girls before all the years are here, and you say I'm playing favorites. Well, blame it on Julie. She gave me a stand-up tonight. All right, so I'll blame it on Julie. Where is she? Isn't she here? No, and she ain't home neither, because I phoned her there 15 minutes ago. I thought she was with you. And I thought she was here. Hey, if this is no gag, what happened to her? Well, that's what I'm beginning to wonder. Go on in and get your stuff on. Julie be all right. Yeah, maybe she slipped in while you were busy counting tickets or something. See you right away, Marino. Thanks for being late and being teacher's tab. We've been entertained by Mom here while waiting for... All right, lay off. Mom, throw me that foot powder. Looks like a heavy night out there. My feet still hurt from last night. Here you are, Derek. That's the way I am, girlies. What I like every once in a while is a good, juicy murder. Nice kid. No, not to be murdered herself. Throw me that dress, would you, Madame Defarge? The green one. Oh. Is Julie here? Not unless she's hiding in the closet, honey. Do any of you know where she is? You asking us? Ain't she your buddy? Maybe they had a fight. Well, did any of you hear from her? Why not ask Marino? He's been hanging around her. Right? <laughs> now, that southern girl, Sally, she used to work in a joint like this one further uptown. There was a murder for you. Come on, hurry it up in there. She just never showed up to work one night. Who didn't? That southern girl, Sally. Then they found her. That was about three years ago. Oh, what a sight she was when the police discovered the body. Oh, cut it out, Mom. Then there was a Robinson gal out in Brooklyn. Stabbed to death. They found a phonograph and records by a body didn't even belong to her. The murderer brought his own music. She was a dancehall pony, too. Maybe some guy has it in for you girls. Pleasant character. Well, maybe one fella kills the both of them. Maybe there's a dance hall killer still at large getting ready for his next victim. Now, what do you think I pay you girls for anyway? I often wonder. Oh, <laughs> Marino, think we're giving a free show in here? Uh, you couldn't interest anybody in that chassis of yours even with a set of dishes thrown in. All right, all of you, file out. I got something to tell Ginger. Come on, get out. Ginger, what I wanted to see you. I know, I know, Marino. I put you in a spot. I'll be dressed in a minute, and if you'll ward off those garlic eaters tonight, I'll work twice as hard and make it up to you, honest. I'm in no spot, Ginger, but you are. Marino, what's the matter? What's happened? The police want to see you, Ginger. Police? What for? I didn't do anything. I'm sorry, Ginger, but 
Something's happened to Julie. That's what the police want to see you by. Julie's dead. Dead? Murdered. Tonight in our suspense theater, death is a dancing thing. Roma Wines is bringing you Lucille Ball, a star of suspense, in the Cornell Woolrich story, Dime a Dance. You have heard the prologue for tonight's tale of suspense. And now it is with pleasure that Roma Wines bring back to our soundstage Miss Lucille Ball in Dime a Dance. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. All the way over in that police car with those two flat feet from homicide, I could see Marino's face when he said, murdered. Poor Marino. We got out and walked up to the third floor of the building, to Julie's room. Marino never said a word. All right, sister, in here. Is, is she... Is she still in there? No, you won't have to look at her. Oh. How did it happen? Strangled. Well, why didn't she yell out? There were plenty of people around. Now, look, Ginger, we're asking the questions. Oh. Yeah, but since you raise it, we figured the person who could get close enough to kill her was someone she felt safe with. Yeah, she was murdered by someone she trusted, by a friend. Well, I was the only friend she had. Yeah, so they tell us. Unless she had a boyfriend. And who was her boyfriend? Yeah. If she was strangled, where did all the blood come from? Flatfoot didn't answer Marino. He shut up all at once, as if he didn't have the heart to tell us the rest of it. His eyes gave him away, though. I got the whole score just following his gaze around the room. First, he looked at the little phonograph. By using bamboo needles, she could play it late at night. Soft, you know, so no one could hear it. The needle was worn down halfway, all all shredded as though it had been played over and over. Then his eyes wandered to a flat piece of paper that, that had eight or ten shiny new dimes on it. Some had little brown flecks on them. Then his eyes went down to the rug. It was all pleated up in places, especially along the edges, as though something heavy, something... Some lifeless had been dragged back and forth over it. You mean he danced with her after he killed her? Gave her a dime a dance even then? Now will you tell us? Who was her boyfriend? Play that record. Maybe she'll remember some guy they both knew who was hipped on the piece. It was the only one he played. She never had that record. Poor butterfly, she hated it. She couldn't stand it. Someone brought that record here with him. Sure, someone did. Maybe her boyfriend, sort of. It was no boyfriend. It was someone who waited for her in that room in the dark and killed her before she could scream. It was the same madman who killed those two other dance hall girls. He pays a dime a dance. A dime a dance, whether you're alive or dead. Back at the grind. 
The flat feet let me go. Nobody told me anything. Sometime, when you have nothing better to do, you try dancing with a couple of hundred guys a night, asking yourself each time one of them wraps his arms around you. Is this the killer? Has he a knife in his hand behind my back? Say, uh, can I see you a minute? Got a ticket? Yeah, but I don't want to dance, Ginger. I want to talk. Well, it's your dime. Say, how do you know my name? What, just happened to? Who are you, anyway? Recognize those two guys leaning against the wall? The two flat feet? And I'm the third. Nick's the name. What about Mer... uh, About her boyfriend? Relax. We have proof it wasn't her boyfriend and it wasn't you. Oh, then you expect him to show up again after what he's done already, huh? We just got the report on those other two girls. They were killed by a maniac who played poor Butterfly. Also, the fingerprints in all three cases match. He'll keep it up until we get him. How do you know what he looks like? We don't. We only know he isn't through yet. That's why I was assigned to protect you. Protect me? Yep. Keep my eye on you all night while you work and then take you home right to your door. Now, Marino knows about the other two dicks, but no one knows about me. In fact, his headquarters told me not to tell even you. Then why did you? (laughs) I just saw how touchy you are. I don't want you to misunderstand my intentions. Well, what if someone asks me who you are? Say I'm your new boyfriend. Oh, don't get smart. I never had a boyfriend. Good. Now you've got one. Oh, 35 girls on this musical chain gang. Why do you pick on me? Because we found out one more thing about the killer's habits. The two girls that were murdered before Julie both had red hair. Julie had red hair. Yeah. And so have you, baby. I was set up as victim number four. Nice thought. But every night, like the milkman, just when the girls filed out to feast the arms and eyes of the wolves, there was Nick. Now, that was some comfort. Nothing personal, you understand. It was also a comfort to see those other two flat feet on the job night after night. How's Ginger? Fine. How's Nick? Hey, you're four minutes late. Miss me? Oh, I'm just a taxpayer that wants to see a public servant earn his money. <laughs> if the city got broke, I'd do this job for nothing. Uh-oh. Your straw boss, Marino, is giving you the high side. Oh, I'll go see what he wants. You wait here. It's on your mind, Marino. Say, who is that monkey hanging around you every night? Well, he pays for his tickets, doesn't he? Yeah, but he never uses them. Who is he? My boyfriend. Oh. You known him long? Long enough. Take care of yourself, Ginger. Don't worry, Marino. I know my way around, but thanks. Besides, we're not running any matrimonial bureau around here. You've got to spread yourself around a little more. Share the wealth. There's other customers. All there. right, all now, right. Now, watch that, will you? All right. What did, what did he want? Oh, nothing. Nick, is there any news? You know, it's a month since Julie No, was... no, no, no. Calm down, redhead. Uh, that's just it, that red hair. Look, why won't you let me dye it? Oh, I've got my reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You great, big, silent, strong cops. <laughs> That's right. Those cops. All right. Good episode of Suspense. Dime a Dance. Lucille Ball starring in a broadcast from January 13th, 1944. We'll have more of it after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is 11.38 here on a Sunday night. We are listening to an all-Lucille Ball night. 
We have Lucille Ball starring on Suspense, and then she stars in her comedy series, My Favorite Husband, uh, opposite Richard Denning on that program. That'll be coming your way in our second hour. But right now it's time for the conclusion to this thrilling episode called Dime a Dance. Here's Suspense. And then came that night, that horrible night. I was late as usual, got to the dressing room, planning to dress in no seconds flat so I could get out on the floor and be with Nick. Somehow, I felt that I was going to need him that night. Some instinct told me it was a matter of life or death. It's been a whole month since the last one. What I like every once in a while is a good, juicy murder. Come on, snap it up. What do you think I'd pay you girls for anyway? Who are you looking out the door for, Ginger? Now, you take that killing of you. There was a real juicy kiss. Oh, shut up, Mom. Will you cut it out? Oh, I'm sorry, dearie. I keep forgetting you and she was so cruel. Well, that's all right. I'm jittery. Laverne, have you seen my boyfriend? Not tonight. Maybe he got bored. Billy, have you seen Nick? You know, the tall, handsome... Not tonight, redhead. I guess he's giving you the air. Come uh, on, come on off. What am I paying you for? Come on. What's the matter, Ginger? Look like you've seen a ghost. What are you looking for out there? What's so fascinating about the clock? Marino, they're not there. Where are those two flat feet? Why don't you know about that? Never mind that now. Where are they? Called off. Called off? That sounds screwy to me, but police headquarters figures they frightened off whoever they was looking for. But that's crazy. I'm going to phone... I won't do no good. I told them that anybody would wait till it cooled off before trying again. Now is when we should have protection. Well, come on. Get out on the floor. Come on, Ollie. Out on the floor. All right. I'll be out in a second. Really, I will, Marino. Laverne. Yes, honey? As soon as Nick comes in, tell him to come right here. Tell him to tap on the door, will you? Sure enough, sugar. Hey, what are you looking at me like that for, Ginger? Look, Mom, I got to talk to you. I can't go out there on the floor. I'm scared. But what are you staring holes in me for? Mom, you and I were here in this room the last night Julie was alive. The night she must have been killed, remember? You poor kid. I always Look, like we got to remember. We've just got to. There was someone dancing with Julie that night. Some rum-dum. Julie said something about him. I can't remember what it was she said. Oh, you mean the one that hurt her hand? That's it. That's it. Hurt her hand. Bent her wrist back when they were dancing. Yeah, that's the guy. She said it was almost like as if he got a kick out of hurting her. Yeah. Seeing a squirm. Yeah, now what else? What else? Well, Julie called him a cement mixer. Oh, now we're getting somewhere, Mom. Think yeah. hard. Oh, he had Julie crazy dancing yeah. like a slap-happy pug. I remember her describing it. He'd take three little steps to the right as if he was getting ready for a standing broad jump. That was it. Remember how Julie said she felt like screaming for Pete's sake, if you're gonna jump, jump. Yeah, three steps to the right, and if you're gonna jump, jump. Hey, what are you doing, Ginger? Some detective work? Getting some clues? You know who we're talking about, Mom? The killer. Yeah. Oh! If he enjoyed hurting her like that, Mom... As when she was still alive, he'd enjoy dancing with her after she was dead. Oh, he's worse than prune face. Why, that... There's someone I gotta tell this to right away. Oh, where the... Nick! See you later, Mom. Hey. How's Ginger? Oh, Nick. How's Nick? Hey, you're trembling. Sure it's me. Why not? I thought you were called off the case. We were. Then what are you doing here? Habit. Do you mind? No, you dumb ape, I don't mind. Boy, how I don't mind. And, uh, as long as it isn't duty anymore, do you mind if I do something to you that I've wanted to do for days? Well, it depends. I want to take you in my arms. All right, take me in your arms and dance. Anyway, for the time being. I'm a rotten dancer. You're telling me. Nick. Nick, we got to talk. I just found out something about the killer that you ought to know. Later. 
I paid Marina for all the dances to the end. We can leave whenever you want. After this song, they play Dinah, and then comes the break. We can leave then. What makes it so sure? Well, the band always plays a song in the same order. Then they can sleep while they work. I tell time by them. <laughs> Limehouse Blues means it's 10.45. Lady was a tramp means 11.15. Dinah means 11.30. Never changes except when there's a request number. You know, I like everything about you. I like everything about you, but you're dancing. Let up on my hand, will you? You're bending it upside down. It hurts my wrist. I, uh... Told you I was a rotten dancer. Well, for Pete's sake, don't dance like you were priming for a standing broad jump. If you're going to jump, jump. <gasps> That's not Dinah. No. Certainly isn't. It's a request number. Who requested it? I did. <laughs> baby. I look sick. I, 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 I feel just awful. I, I, I do feel sick. Am I dancing that bad? No, no, I just, I, Nick, I'll have to stop. It's the air, I guess. I'll, I'm going to get drink water, yeah. Drink water in the ladies' room. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'll wait here for you. I'll just be a minute. Operator, operator, give me the police department, homicide squad. Police department, homicide, right away. Homicide. Hello, homicide. This is Ginger Allen at Joyland. The third man you assigned to our place is... Third the, man? Uh, what third man? Nick Ballister, the one you assigned to protect me. We have no Nick Ballister, and there was no man assigned by us to protect you. It's the killer. He's taking me out with him. I don't know where to... Look, I'll leave a trail of ticket stubs. Please come quick. Ginger. Uh, uh, goodbye, uh, Katie. I'm sorry you couldn't work tonight. I'll, I'll fix it with Marino. How you feeling? You shouldn't have come in here, Nick. Didn't you see the sign? All that? Men keep out, violator subject to arrest? <laughs> Didn't say positively. Besides, they wouldn't arrest a cop. Why couldn't you leave me in here alone? You were gone so long, I thought something had happened. Nothing's happened. Yet? Don't ask me how, but I kept up a patter while we walked All my brains were in my right hand to clutch those ticket stubs in my coat pocket I kept dropping those stubs, making sure he didn't see I tried to stay on the bright streets, but he led me to the lonely ones The one we were on now was like a graveyard No lights, no people Suddenly I felt my blood run cold my fingers in that right-hand pocket fished around like a drowning man clutching for straws. The last ticket stub was gone. Ginger. Yes, Nick? I'm, uh, I'm hungry. Would you like some chop suey? Like it? Oh, I'd love it. He ate that chop suey with an appetite. Like a guy who had work to do. Work he was going to enjoy. I side-sneaked a glance at the jukebox without turning my head, you know, just my eyes. What a relief. All kinds of songs, but no poor butterfly. Nick was beginning to act nervous. He'd guzzle a cup of tea, pour another, keep looking over his shoulder like he was worried somebody might be following us. Then he'd grin like he used to and reach over for my hand. He pressed my fingers till they hurt. Hard, like he never pressed them before. I guess... 
I guess he couldn't wait. And suddenly he stood up. Ask the waiter of the check, Ginger. I'm just going to wash my hands. Then it's time we left. Hmm. Waiter. Waiter, quick. Yes, you mean. What will it be? I'm leaving. When my boyfriend comes out, tell him you think I went back to the, the, the powder room. A gag, you know, he's a deadbeat. I want to shake him. Maybe don't understand. <gasps> Marino, how did you get here? Mom told me, and I followed your ticket stops. He almost saw me. Come on, quick. Marino, thank heaven you got here. Hurry up. <sighs> Marino, I, I can't run anymore. I'm, I won't last the block. You won't have to. There's a vacant house <sighs> in the middle of the block. Here. Inside. Fair, I think I see him coming. It's all dark in here. Well, no one lives here, that's why. Here, I'll light this searchlight. Yeah. There's a stairway leading upstairs. Oh. Go ahead. Now, watch it now. Don't trip them yeah. stairs. It's broken. Yeah. Now, to this door. Ooh. Here's a candle and a match. Yeah. Now we can see each other and wait. Do you think we're safe? We'll know in a few minutes. Oh, Marino. Yes, John? Oh, Tim. Put out that candle. Now hide. Back there. I'll take care of him. Ginger. Tim. All right, you act for it. We'll see about that. Answer me. Answer me, please. From the beginning of the record. Marino! Yeah. Yeah, Muriel. You think you could hide from me with different names and different faces? Marino! Yeah. Why do you call me Muriel? What are you doing? I'm Ginger, don't you remember? I'm Ginger Allen. Yeah, each time you tell me a different name, Muriel. But you can't get away by changing names. Marino! Yeah, the first time you changed your name was when you married me before I left for Europe with that operetta company. You remember? You all got to play poor butterfly oh. when you promised to love oh. me forever. Help me. Somebody help yeah, me. Yeah, well, the next time you changed oh. your name was when you thought I was dead. Lived on my insurance and then married another man. Oh, no matter how many times please. you change your name, you're your for it. No, not me. You yeah. killed her. You killed her, Marino, again and again. You only killed her last month, yeah. Marino. Each time I think I have, she rises again. This time I'm going to kill you and your lover. Oh. This is the last time. Oh, Nick! And now we dance. Ah. Now we dance. Ah. Here. Here are your vines. Ah. 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 Now we dance. Ah. And then you... Ah. You just must How's Ginger? Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. 
I thought he killed you. I got an awfully hard head. Police will be here in just a minute. Oh, Nick. How do you fit into this? Headquarters never heard of you. They were instructed to say that in case you called. Well, what was the idea of scaring me to death? Well, I figured Marina would follow Ginger and her boyfriend once he thought the police were off the case. And when he did, I had to have you thinking I was the killer, so you'd run off with him willingly. Why, you no good... It was the only way to find his hideout and the evidence we need. The phonograph, the record, and the attempted murder. At my expense, you big piece of... Uh, another thing. How'd you know about dancing like a broad jumper and turning up my wrist? Oh, I listened outside the door to you and Mom talking about that in the dressing room tonight. Oh. Gave me a couple of neat pointers. Yeah. I put them together with poor butterfly so I could scare the daylights out of you. Well, you did, too. I ought to ring your... Oh, calm down. No wife of mine is going to have a red-headed temper. Wife of yours? You'll do anything to learn how to dance, won't you? <laughs> yeah, it looks that way. No wonder you didn't want me to dye my hair. You wanted that nice, premature gray color. <laughs> And so closes Dime a Dance, presented by Roma Wines, and starring Lucille Ball, tonight's tale of Suspense. This is Lucille Ball. It's been a great pleasure to appear on Suspense this evening. Next week, I know you'll want to be listening, as I certainly will, to a very wonderful actor, Mr. Paul Lucas, who will appear in a suspense play called A World of Darkness. Thank you, Miss Ball. Lucille Ball appeared tonight through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Madame Curie. Don't forget then, next Thursday, same time, for Paul Lucas in Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Columbia Broadcasting System. That suspense, January 13, 1944, Dime a Dance, starring Lucille Ball. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolfe. All right, it is uh, 12.08. Thank you, Vic Vaughn. And we have more classic radio shows. Uh, we're here till 1 o'clock in the morning. And then, uh, you know what, Lisa, next week when we come back here, yep. great lineup of stuff. You have it handy? Well, always. I do. I do. All right, what is it? All right, we've got... Saturday. Saturday yeah. at 11. Yeah. We have Have Gun Will Travel. Right. We've got Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah. And we have Nick Carter, Master Detective. That's all Saturday night. He was a master Saturday detective. Night. He was. Not just a detective. He was master he of was all masterful. detectives. Yep. And then Sunday night at 11, we have the Hollywood Star Playhouse. 
exciting and Richard Diamond, private detective. Man, I tell you, I know what we I'm know doing. how to play, and, and every, we, every we, one I, of them, it's all the same. And every one of them is going to sound amazing. That's of they that's are. what we're all about: sound quality. Well, the sound quality of these shows. We would not be on WGN if we were. Crap. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, that's pretty uh, yeah. direct and right to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I agree. We like to play the best quality shows direct from master recordings, and we want our listeners to enjoy it's, these and hear them. I mean, you know, when, they, when they're like dubs of dubs of dubs. You it's can like, hear it. There's no question. Uh, 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 and there's Ball. clicks and pops uh, 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 and all uh, sorts Lucille of things. Ball here. Uh, not sound exactly I like I that. I can't listen to a classic radio show like that. Well, it has to be. a little be, bit spoiled now. I am spoiled. For sure. I like it to sound you know what? crystal clear. It's the clear. best shows with the best hosts. I don't know how you yeah. can go wrong. Well, <laughs> I have to that. agree with Leave you on that. that. <laughs> In this hour, My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball and Richard Denning from 1948. Uh, Selling Dresses is the title of that show. That's coming your way in just a moment. Right now, it's time to play our game. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Brought to you by Cat's Pride. Yes, and the celebrity is Farrah Fawcett. Oh, oh man. I know. Farrah Fawcett. I know. I did that for you. I had <laughs> her, just like probably every teenage guy had in the world. With had the red her, swimsuit? Yeah, I had her poster. My up. brother had that. I, I had it her. on my wall. Yeah, yeah, she was beautiful. Just a beautiful girl. She was. All right, so Farrah Fawcett. Right. I'm going to get them all right. Okay, we'll see. We're going to be giving away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate, so you can call right now at 312-981-7200. We're going to go with caller number five. So you can give uh, Ben a call, and we'll be right back. Come on, baby. Well, we've got Martin on the phone to play with us. Hey, Martin. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, I'm better now. I'm going to be able to eat someday. That's right. You <laughs> are. And Carl's been uh, on a great uh, winning streak here. Yeah. So he may yeah, be very no, helpful uh, for you. I'm, I'm looking for that pork that's flying. <laughs> okay. The what? The pork. Flying play, flying, flying pigs. You know. Oh, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right, right. That's yeah. right. You're gonna. I'm gonna help you. Uh, you'll see. <laughs> just okay, just go with me. That. Just go with me. All right, all right, all right you guys. Here we go. Yeah. It's a team team effort here. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Farrah Fawcett posed for Playboy in 1995, the same year she earned a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Real or ridiculous? Um, I, I think she did. I don't know if you're trying to pull out with the the time, but yeah, yeah I'm gonna say real. You know, she's sneaky. Um, it's it sounds real, so I'm gonna say ridiculous. It's real. Oh. <laughs> but you did so, great, Martin. That was exactly great, right. right. This is for you, <laughs> Martin. I, I, I remember you were all looking for whatever was uh, whatever word was in her hair or something like that. Was the thing that was going on for a long time. That's for me. All right. All right, number two. Okay. She was a contestant on Let's Make a Deal in the 1960s. Real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. She wasn't on Let's Make a Deal. She was on um, that one where they pick, you know, they like it's uh, what is that one where it was like dating game? She was on the dating game, I think. You are absolutely right. Yeah. She was on right. the dating Darn game. Darn right, I'm right. That's right. You're, well, this time, the last one, you weren't. Okay. Her final TV project was Farrah's Story, a 2009 documentary. Real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. 
ridiculous. It is absolutely the, correct. What? It is real. I thought it was oh. the burning bed. No, she appeared and produced this uh, documentary in 2009 <laughs> that was her final TV project. But you did get one out of three, Carl. Yeah, one out of three. So that's pretty darn good. Well, then you know I'm what? 50-50 because no, I No, you are two, not 50-50. I had two for three last time. Oh, well, if you want to average so them. So I'm averaging them out. Well, average is a 50-50 on a yes, <laughs> on a really ridiculous. You're doing Martin, great. Martin, what do you like on your pizza? <laughs> Uh, just some mushroom, maybe onion. Oh, sounds good. Well, you yeah. can, we're gonna we're gonna do that for you, Martin, because you have won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for twenty five dollars. You can get your mushrooms. That'll cover a pizza. Yeah, you can get your mushrooms and whatever else you want on there. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza. You can find one of their forty plus Chicagoland locations, or you can order online at loumalnati's dot com. And congratulations! We hope that you'll have a great meal on us. I certainly appreciate it. And Carl, don't forget, in baseball, 333 makes you millions of dollars a year. That's right. <laughs> That's right. right, buddy. All right, you got That's that. Right. You got that right. All right, we'll talk soon. Take care. Thank All you. right. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, a pizza. I know. And thir- 333. I'm actually batting around that right now, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So I, if the Cubs need any help, no, you're not batting around that at real or ridiculous. Yeah. So. Yeah. Made a diving play today, too. I heard about that. Diving. Did you, heard, any, play. Did you heard anything? No. Got up, Good. made a diving play, saved two runs. Good. And uh, my teammates all congratulated me. It was worth, you know, getting four hours sleep for. Because <laughs> that's what I had. And you four, know what? It was here until 2 o'clock in the too. morning, drove home. By the time I went to bed, showered, went to bed, got up, went to the baseball game. It was like three and a half hours sleep. Right. Yeah, that's what we but, we, we give up a lot to I do love this baseball, radio show. But and I we, love classic radio. But we love it. We and complain, I love doing the show it. with you, Lisa, because you are fun. Well, I love doing the show with you because you are funny. <laughs> you're You're fun with a capital F. You're funny with a with a Y at the end. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. Well, it is time for a funny radio broadcast. Yes, it is. It is uh, my favorite husband, Lucille Ball, starred along with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, and it premiered in 1948. In 1948, they weren't known as the Coopers, though. They were the Cougats, but then they changed the name because there was, like, uh, Xavier Cougat, who was a band leader. He complained, and so they changed the name, but the early shows they're they're Cougat, then later they're Cooper. I think this show they may be Cougat because it's from forty eight. And we're gonna listen and find um, out. yeah, and this uh you know this show was very popular. CBS said, Hey, we want you to transition this to television. She said, Look, I'll do it. I'll transition this show to TV, but we gotta bring in Desi. Oh yeah my husband That's and right. they were like, nah we don't want that. So then she took her, you know, she created her own show, I Love Lucy, with her husband, Desi Arnaz. And that was, you know, of course, one of the biggest sh- uh, television shows of all time. So let's go back to October 16th, 1948. This is called Selling Dresses. Lucille Ball, Richard Denning here is My Favorite Husband. We present My Favorite Husband, a new series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning and based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougar, two people who live together and like it. Let's look in on the Cougats and see what they're doing. 
The house looks normal for this time of the morning. The breakfast table is set. The morning paper's on the table. Katie is out in the kitchen and... Hey, wait a minute. There's a sign pinned to the kitchen door. It says, Katie, please don't make any noise. Say, what's going on around here? There goes Liz Cougat tiptoeing into the kitchen. Katie, please, didn't you see the sign? Yes, Mrs. Cougat. Well, then why are you making so much noise? It's not me, Mrs. Cougat. It's the bacon. I told it to be quiet, but it just lies there in the skillet and hisses at me. <laughs> well, turn the fire off. I don't want Mr. Cougat to wake up until it's so late he has to rush to work. This is the morning he's supposed to look over my checkbook. I figured it was when I saw today marked on the calendar with a skull and crossbones. <laughs> sort of like Blue Monday or Gloomy Sunday, isn't it, Mrs. Krugat? It's worse. If George wakes up, today will be sickening Saturday. <laughs> oh, dear, George gets so upset when I'm overdrawn. Oh, how does he act on the months when you're not overdrawn? I don't know. I never had one. <laughs> I used to have the same trouble, but my first husband, Clarence, had a wonderful system. He wrote all the checks he wanted and was never overdrawn. Really? How'd he manage that? He didn't have an account at the bank. <laughs> oh, good old Clarence. I haven't seen him in five years. What's he doing? Ten years. <laughs> oh, oh I, I think I hear Mr. Cougat. He's up. Oh, darn it. Never mind the bacon and eggs, Katie. After George looks at my arithmetic, all he'll want is black coffee and Alka-Seltzer. Yes, ma'am. Here he comes. Wish me luck, Katie. Good morning, dear. Good morning, George, darling. How's my little hubby this morning, hmm? <laughs> What's going on here? You're entirely too sweet. Ah, oh, well, George, you don't expect me to go through the day without a kiss from my, my handsome husband, do you? No, that, that would be tough. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, George, they say the more we kiss, the better we get. We improve with age. What did you say? Grandma? Oh, you like the way I kiss, George? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I kiss? Come on, George, tell me. How do I kiss? Like you were way overdrawn. <laughs> Oh, George. Come on, honey. Let's get to the bad news. You know how you could make me happy, Liz? How? Some months say to me, George, my accounts are in perfect shape. I can say it right now. George, my accounts are in perfect shape. They are? No, but I want to make you happy. <laughs> I might not be overdrawn, George. Well, let's uh, look at your checkbook. Mm-hmm. four, sixteen. carry the balance Oh, you've made a mistake in your arithmetic. No! <laughs> yes, dear. Nine and five haven't made 18 in years. Says who? Oh, Liz. If you don't believe me, count it out on your fingers. Oh, wait a minute. I have to take one shoe off. Stop that. <laughs> George, I have so much trouble adding figures with nine in them. I don't like nines. Control yourself, Cougat. Now, tell me about it, dear. Well, I don't like nines, but I like ten. Mm. So I, I make the nines into fives and multiply by two and then subtract one. <laughs> George, stop shaking your head like that. Liz, you won't believe this, but that's the hard way. Now, we want to add nine and five. 
Now, first, let's take ten and five. That's fifteen, right? If you say so, dear. I say so. Now, ten and five is fifteen. Now, think of nine and five. Now, what's the difference? That's what I say. What's the difference? Oh, no. You don't even know the first thing about mathematics. I do, too. Addition is forward and subtraction is backward. Oh. <laughs> What's multiplication? Sideways? No, Smarty. Multiplication is when you take a lot of little things and scrunch them into a big lump. I must be dreaming. And division is when you take a big thing and mash it into tiny pieces. Oh. Look, let's get back to this nine and five monster and see what you can scrunch it into. Now, now think a minute. Now, what's nine and three? Oh, anyone knows that. Twelve. Yeah. All right. Now, what's nine and four? Thirteen. So, what's nine and five? Give me a pencil and paper. Oh. <laughs> oh, skip it. Never mind. We'll go on to something else. Well, at least you've been writing down what the checks were for. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Club dues, money to Katie, grocer, hairdress. Wait a minute. What's this D-I-C-R 3950? D-I-C-R? Yeah. What, what does that stand for? D-I-C-R. Oh, I know. Dress I couldn't resist. <laughs> and you know, you should be glad I bought that dress, too, because I made $20 by doing it. You you made $20? Absolutely. I bought the dress on sale at Kramer's for $39.50. And the identical same dress is selling at Gordon's for $59.50. So I made $20. But you don't have that $20. Oh, I know I don't. I spent it on a hat to go with a dress. <laughs> George? George? I'll just sit there and stare like that. Say something to me. Hello, lady. What do you want? <laughs> This, this is enough to test a man's sanity. Well, how can I figure any answers with the vice president of the bank staring at me? Well, I'll tell you what the answer is. You're going to take that dress back. Oh. Well, I hate to be harsh, but you must learn the value of money. But it's such a cute dress. I'm sorry. It's navy blue with white polka dots. No, Liz. Got a little white collar and a sash at the back. You're breaking my heart. But crying won't get you anywhere. Well, it doesn't hurt to try. Then you'll take the dress back. Yes, George. If I take it back, will it almost balance my books? Mm, yeah. Then they weren't in too bad shape, were they? Mm, no. <laughs> what would you like for breakfast, George? Black coffee and Alka-Seltzer. Oh, now let's see. Where's the... Oh, pardon me, miss. Could you tell me where the refund department is? Well, there goes somebody's commission. It's uh, on the left, way down in front. Thank you. Oh, that's Corey Cartwright. Oh, Corey! Say, uh, are you talking about that big blonde fellow over there? Yes, Corey Cartwright. He's a good friend of ours. Oh, and incidentally, quite a man with a lady. He has loads of girlfriends. Really? Mm -hmm. I'd like to see some of them sometimes. Why? He spent the last half hour trying to pick up that wax model. <laughs> Corey, 
Don't bother me, Liz. I'm trying to scrape up an acquaintance with that blonde in the mink coat. Well, I'm afraid even you won't get any place with her, Corey. She's a store dummy. I thought something was funny. When I tried to hold her hand, it came off. Right. Did anyone ever tell you you were a complete fool? Yes, but you can't believe anything a woman says. <laughs> Say, let's let's go someplace cozy for lunch, Liz. Just the two of us. I might even ask you to marry me. I'm already married. I should hope so. I don't take chances when I ask that question. <laughs> I thought so. I'll have lunch with you if you wait a minute, Corey. I have to return a dress and get my money back. All right. I'll go over and watch the fashion show. A model in it is crazy about me, so as long as I'm here, I'll give her a break. Don't strain yourself. You ought to see her, Liz. What a figure. Hot number, huh? Hot number. They won't let her model in a bathing suit because the automatic fire sprinklers turn on. (laughs) Well, don't get your fingers burned. I'll be right back. All right, Liz. If I'm not here, I'll be hanging around the lingerie department. Naturally. Is this the refund department? Yes. Can't... Can't you see the sign on the door? If you're not satisfied with your purchase, your money will be cheerfully refunded. Cheerfully refunded. Yes. Who does this cheerful refunding? I do. My name is Quigley. Okay, laughing boy, you asked for it. My name is Cougat, and I'd like to return... Never mind, I know. Everybody who ever comes in here wants to return something. They hand me dress. They hand me shoes. They hand me bags. They hand me coats. I hope they hand you a handkerchief once in a while. All day long, I make out return slips. I had to go to the doctor last week. I was seeing charger plates in front of my eyes. Well, I'll get out of your way. Just give me my money and watch me disappear quickly, Quigley. Certainly. I'll make out the form. The dress was too large for you, huh? No. Too small? No, it was just the right size. The color didn't match the drapes in your bedroom when you got it home? No, the color was wonderful. The style was bad. No, the style was excellent. Your cat was allergic to the material. I don't have a cat. (laughs) Mrs. Cougar, let me get this straight. What do you want to know? The dress was the right size. The cut was fine. The style was wonderful. The color was out of this world. It was a dream dress. Yes, I just loved it. Then what are you doing in here? I want my money back. Your sign says your money is refunded if you aren't satisfied. Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Cougar. I can't give you the money back on that dress. Why not? Because you are satisfied. Oh, dear. Well... Oh, I forgot. It, it, it has an ink spot on it. Sure, do me. Give me your pen and turn your back. <laughs> I thought so. There's something very fishy going on here, Miss Cougar. Now, be honest with me. Just why do you want your money back? Well, promise you won't tell anyone? I promise. <laughs> this morning, I had my accounts gone over, and there was a shortage in my book. Uh-huh. Sticky fingers. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Oh, this is serious, Mrs. Cougar. Tell me, this person who checked your books, could he have made a mistake? Oh, no, no. He's vice president of the bank. But this time, he's really mad. This time? You mean this has happened before? Oh, yes, yes. But usually, if I kiss him, he forgets all about it. Uh Uh-huh. Finagling in the highest places. (laughs) 
Mrs. Coogan, I'll refund your money on one condition. What is it? Give up this life of crime. What? Turn to the straight and narrow. Crime does not pay. But I... You're too young for this kind of thing. Oh, no. How can I get into this? Promise me and I'll refund your money. I promise. I promise. After all, there's no future in it. Pretty soon every bank in the country will have a Dick Tracy television burglar alarm. <laughs> You've made a wise choice. Thank you. Here's your money, Mrs. Coogan. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's apparent that Hans Conried, who you heard right there in this comedy, uh, and Lucille Ball were pals because they did a lot of radio shows together. He was the killer in the last one. He was in both those shows, yeah, that just, show and this one. Isn't that funny? Hans Conried, yeah. And he was snidely whiplash on the fractured fairy tale cartoons. Vic's probably younger than me. He probably doesn't remember fractured fairy tales. Do you remember that? The the Bullwinkle uh, cartoons? I do. I do remember the Bullwinkle remember, cartoons. Remember yeah. Snidely Whiplash? That's not he would like He would like uh, play with his mustache. <laughs> he was on that, and that was Hans Conried. And then you had Boris Badenoff. Remember him? Yeah. And uh, Rocky and oh, Bullwinkle. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Boris okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. B- Boris Badenoff. Oh yeah, those uh, those cartoons. You don't see cartoons on TV anymore. Um, there's, there's like The Simpsons. I mean, yeah, not, but it's not. I the mean, same. The Simpsons is that's great. an adult cartoon. This yeah. really was more juvenile. I remember Saturdays. It was Tom and Jerry and Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't get that anymore. And right? remember but, after school, after school oh, specials. Yeah. Sure. A lot of those were oh cartoons. yeah, I remember those. Oh, those were great. You know, to get up Saturday morning for Scooby Doo at seven a.m. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Doo. Something like that, (laughs) anyways. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Man, you play that piano uh, beautifully, Lisa. Well, I do it every Saturday and Sunday, (laughs) so I'm pretty good at it now. I'm glad that they, they wheel the piano in for you every broadcast. I know yeah. it's a lot. There's like six guys and well, two girls that have to... Dan's here. He's he's really helpful wheel it that in way. Here just so she can play that theme there, that uh, rejoin music. Yeah. Under, well, I wrote it, under so Bill Curtis's, I'm really the only one that could play it properly. I mean, uh, the great Bill Curtis says our name. That's true. That's true. Uh, man, I'll say tell you name, what. Say my name, say my name, say my name. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that, Lisa. It's pretty cool because he speaks your name. He's. I want to meet him someday. Yeah, I well, know stick you've with met me. him. You've met him a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I've never I'm met him. I'm pretty sure he'd remember he's, me. I think he's great. He I thinks love we're great, too. <laughs> his, I love his uh, shows, that I, you know, all those shows that he produces. He loves our They're shows. Great. He's on a, he does American Greed right oh, now. Oh, yeah, he's great. It's a great show. Bill Curtis. Do you watch American Greed? The one Greed? and only Bill Curtis. Yeah, and he lives right in our backyard here. I know. He's awesome. Practically. <laughs> Guy's Practically. a living legend. He sure is. All right, let's get back now to My Favorite Husband. Long. No, I've been in the lingerie department. I've seen everything in this store right down to the foundation. <laughs> I get it. I got my refund, too. Oh, good. Let's see. 20, 30, 40, 50. Oh, wait a minute. 59.50. They gave me too much money. That doesn't sound like Gordon's to me. Gordon's? Isn't this Kramer's? It was Gordon's when we came in. I presume it still is. Oh, I brought my dress to the wrong store. I paid $39.50 for it at Kramer's, and now Gordon's has given me $59.50. Oh, 
Well, there's only one thing for me to do. Sure, run like the Dickens. No. <laughs> no, I have to take the money back. It isn't fair to Gordon. Or is it? Uh-oh. Here it comes. This ought to be good. Well, now, look. I bought the dress at Kramer's, and I paid for it, so they aren't out anything, right? Right. And I brought it back to Gordon's, and they'll sell the dress for the same amount they paid me, so they won't be out anything, right? Right. And I've got $20 extra. Liz, you're a genius. Oh, hey, where are you going? Back to Kramer's for more dresses. Uh, I'd like to buy a dress, please. That navy blue one with the white polka dots. All right. What size? Oh, any size will do. Doesn't matter. Any size? Well, who's it for? A friend. What's the matter? Don't friends come in sizes anymore? <laughs> Just give me one of those, please. Well, could she wear a size 20, large? Yes, that'll be fine. How about a small size 10? Well, that'll do just as well. Boy, I'd like to meet that friend of yours. <laughs> Say, didn't I sell you one of these dresses yesterday? Yes, uh, and I'd like another one. You better make it two. Two? What are you doing, operating a black market in blue dresses? How come you should want two more dresses when you got one just like it? Well, do you really want to know how come I too? <laughs> I'm one of the Andrews sisters. No kidding. No kidding. Which one are you, Patty, Maxine, or Laverne? Neither. I'm their brother, Dana. <laughs> I believe it. Now, wait a minute. Here's your dresses, but I'm they're on sale. You can't return them. Don't worry. I won't return them. Just charge these and... Say, how many more dresses like this do you have? Those are the last, dearie. Oh, that's too bad. I could have handled 20 or 30 more this afternoon. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Sadie, did you see that dame that just left? She's Corey? George, what are you doing at Gordon? Oh, I got to thinking about a dress I made Liz return this morning. I guess I was a little rough on her, so I decided to buy her one just like it for a surprise. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I tried to buy the dress Liz wants over at Kramer's, but the sales girl told me she sold the last three to the Andrews sisters. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bump into Liz at Kramer's, George. She went over there with something on her mind. Someone refunded her... Too much money or something. Oh, Liz and her mathematics. Honestly, Corey, she has no idea of finances at all. Oh, well, women. Oh, why can't they be like men? We always know just how much money we have and where it is at all times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corey. Yes, George? Say, uh, uh, would you lend me 50 bucks? I don't have any money with me. <laughs> sure. No, just how much you have and where it is at all times, huh? Yes, I have $74 and I left my wallet home on the bureau. Oh, miss, I'd like to return these two dresses and get a refund Didn't you ask me that once before today? Yes Well, the answer hasn't changed You go to the same office and see Mr. Quigley Uh, well, that's just it I'd rather not see Mr. Quigley and I think he'd just as soon not see me. Uh, if he saw me with these dresses, he'd scream. 
Well, uh, the door to the left of Mr. Quigley's is Mr. Brown's, his assistant. Thank you. I'll go in there. <laughs> How do you do, Mr. Brown? I'd like to... Oh, dear. Mr. Brown's out right now. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, it's you. What do you want? Mr. Quigley, I'd like to get a refund on these. Ah! <laughs> I told her you would. Two, two more, Mrs. Cougar? Yes. The same kind? Yes. Oh, I can't stand it any longer. I can't stand it any longer. I should never have taken this job. I was so happy in ladies' underwear. I'd like my money, please. I was so happy. That was so peaceful. All you could hear was the rustle of a silk chemise, broken now and then by the soft snap of a garter. <laughs> I'd like my money, please. Oh, the cute little screams when my tape measure was too cold. <laughs> I'm not too monotonous. I'd like my money, please. Mrs. Cougar, I'm not one to quibble over... Uh, pardon me, Mr. Quigley, uh, but I've been checking inventory on dress number 808. Uh, uh, the very one we have under discussion here. Yeah, well, how many did you buy? Uh, Thirty-five. I thought so. Then how come now we got 36? Well, goodbye, Mr. Quigley. Sit down, Mrs. Quigley. <laughs> I don't know where you got these dresses, but I'm not going to accept them. And what's more, I'm going to give you back the dress you brought me this morning. And Mrs. Cougat. Yes? I'd like my money, please. <laughs> Young lady, could I see those three dresses you have over your arm? Oh, were you talking to me? Yes, I, I tried to buy one of those over in the department, but they didn't have my size. Oh, I do love blue and white polka dot dresses, don't you? I love them, I collect them. <laughs> what size are these? Oh, well, you probably think I'm the clerk. These dresses aren't for... Se what size do you wear? Well, I'm sort of tiny. I wear a 10. Well, fortunately, I have a 10. And you'd better hurry. This offer is not likely to be repeated. Oh, well, I'll take it. I need it to go to a dance tonight. <laughs> You're going to a dance? Oh, I'd fool you. You should see me dance with my partner. We get around like a couple of 65-year-olds. <laughs> What kind of dances do you dance? The Townsend Stomp or the Methuselah Wiggle? Now, we all went to Arthur Murray's and learned the Lindy Crawl. <laughs> you mean the Lindy Hop? That's the way we do it. <laughs> now, how much is the dress? Uh, 59.50. Well, I'll take it. Here's the money. I'll just run along. I'm in a hurry. <laughs> all right. See you around the bandstand. Valterini. Dig me later, sister. <laughs> Say, maybe I can get rid of these other dresses that way. Oh, hmm. I think I like these dresses with the blue and white polka dot. How much are they? $59.60. Hey, lady, were you addressing me? Yeah, stepping a little closer, you're blocking traffic. <laughs> now, don't buy that dress. I'm in a position to sell you the very same thing at a sensational reduction in price. Please, this is my customer. Get away, kid. You bother me. 
about this. Well, is there something wrong with this dress? Who are you? You heard of me. Honest Liz Cougat, the biggest used dress dealer in town. <laughs> is this a used dress? Oh, absolutely not. It was just worn by an elderly couple in Pasadena. <laughs> well, I don't... Uh, look, give me $39.50 and I'm losing money on the deal. Well, I can't pass up a bargain like that. Here's the money. And here's your dress. Sure you couldn't use two of them? No, thanks. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Come back tomorrow and I'll give myself a hot foot and have a fire sale. <laughs> Show there you are. I've heard about people like you. Where did you come from? <laughs> Young lady, I am the floor walker. You stole this girl's customer. I did not. Go ahead. Search me. <laughs> Young lady. I don't like your shenanigans. What's the matter with them? <laughs> I've a good mind to take you into Mr. Quigley. Oh, no, not that, please. Well, all right, I'll give you one more chance. Go and wait on that customer over there. Oh, I can't wait on him. That's George. Yeah, what's that? I said I, I can't wait to sell him something by George. <laughs> well, go ahead. I'll be watching you. Here I go. Maybe this will hide my face. Please. Put back that hat. I was just showing it to a lady. I need it more than you do. Well, what are you putting it on for? The veil hides your face. I'm in mourning. <laughs> Gee, I hope George doesn't recognize my voice. <clears throat> uh, say, can I help you, mister? What? Uh, you want I should show you some merchandise, maybe? <laughs> yes, uh, say, uh, isn't it unusual for a sales girl to wear a black hat with a veil? Oh, that. Yeah, it is kind of unusual. You see, I'm in mourning. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. It was a catastrophe. <laughs> to say nothing of being a tragedy. <laughs> well, if you feel up to it, I'd like to see a dress like, uh, well, uh, like the one you have over your arm. Well, ain't that a coincidence for you, though? <laughs> I wonder if it'll fit my wife. Yeah, it's just her size. What? Uh, I mean, uh, I can just imagine what a fellow like you would be married to. I can just see her, you know, probably tall with maybe red hair and a beautiful figure and a gorgeous, <laughs> scintillating face. <laughs> oh, brother, have you got a bad imagination? <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, you don't have to get so upset about it. What's it to you? Well, I, I'm just very sensitive about my imagination, that's all. <laughs> Psst. Psst. Come on. I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> Will you pardon me? Mr. Inner Tube has sprung a leak. What are you doing with that ridiculous hat on? Take it off this instant. Give me back that hat. No. Now you get back there. Well, any port in a storm. I hope this fits. I want to ask you a question, Miss... Oh, no! What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen anyone wearing a lampshade before? This is the craziest store I've ever been in. Now, look, do you want the dress or not? Well, I guess so. Uh, here's the money. Give it to me. Uh... I wish I was sure I, I knew whether it fit her. Well, I'll tell you what. This dress will fit me perfectly. Does she happen to have a figure like mine, maybe? No, she's much dumpier than you are. <laughs> oh, she is. I mean, oh, she is? <laughs> she wishes she had a figure like yours. And uh, <laughs> confidentially, so do I. 
Well, of all the... Oh! (laughs) Grab that girl! Grab her, I say! She went that way! Did you like dinner, dear? Yes, fine. George, thanks for the dress. Hmm? What dress? The one you're going to surprise me with in a minute. Oh, you you found the box in the closet? Yes, and I think you were very sweet to buy it for me. (laughs) Oh, you should have seen the sales girl who waited on me. (laughs) She was a real creep. (laughs) Ha, ha. And I'll tell you what, honey. Tomorrow I'll buy you something to wear on your head to go with the dress. Oh, George, a hat. No. A polka dot lampshade. What? You're a pretty rotten actress, Liz. Well, how do you like that? He knew about it all the time. George, are you asleep yet? A minute ago, I would have said yes. I've been lying here trying to make up poems about the moon. Mm, Congratulations. Here's how far I got. The moon is big. The moon is yellow. You finish it, George. And he lives alone, the lucky fellow. (laughs) Well, that's not very romantic. The moon is bright. The moon is deep. Please shut up and go to sleep. (laughs) George. Look at the man in the moon, George. Do you suppose he ever gets lonesome? Mm, I've never given it much thought. The only fun he has all year is when he meets the sun and they have an eclipse. (laughs) Oh, Liz, I'm too tired to talk now. You haven't even kissed me goodnight. Speak to me in the language of love, George. All right. Here. Was that the language of love, George? Yes. Then just don't say anything. Let's just talk. That's My Favorite Husband, October 16th, 1948, selling dresses, Lucille Ball and Richard Denning. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. That is a wrap, Lisa. And when we come back here next week, Saturday and Sunday, 11 p.m., we have Have Gun, Will Travel which is uh, one of the best westerns of all time. Fibber McGee and Molly and Nick Carter, Master Detective, on Saturday. And on Sunday, the Hollywood Star Playhouse and Richard Diamond, Private Detective. And uh, Nick probably knows this. Nick DeGilio is here. Uh, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, on radio, played by Dick Powell. Then Dick Powell decided, hey, I'm going to produce a TV version. I'm probably too old to play the part, but I will cast this young guy... 
as uh, Richard Diamond, private detective on television, and I'll cast this young gal as his secretary. Two very famous people. Any idea? No. So it was Mary Tyler Moore's first television show. She played the secretary. You never saw her, only her legs. Oh, I know. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that. then uh, the guy, David Jansen, who, of course, starred in... Um, the Fugitive. The Fugitive, yeah. So uh, that's coming your and way. And Harry O. And Harry O, right. Yeah. Harry O. Um, some people say that he was Clark Gable's illegitimate son. A lot of people have said that. Really? Yeah. Look it up. I've never heard you of You could look it up. Yeah, they uh, they say it was he was Clark Gable's illegitimate son with I don't know who, but I've never heard yeah, that. Never heard that. That's the illegitimate part. No, look it up. 